This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. Report recorded live from inside the Pooptronic Cellular Undersea Base 0001, 6.5 miles below the ocean surface. He likes to speak his piece when he's on the mic. He's the best, or at least he's the one you know. He's your host, Icy Robots. If you're looking for me, you better check under the sea. It is your dude, Icy Robots. And I'm not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less week. And this week, it is going to get so much less week. We got we got a ton of fun stuff ahead of us. We're going to talk about a movie. Going to talk about a... Going to give some life advice. We're going to talk about Star Wars action figure cases. It's going to be a hoot. I got a new song here. Let me uh, let me look for it. Uh, da, 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 da. Hit it. Yo, Iceberg, hit the ones and twos. Listening to the Toys R Us report. If you can't see the lights, be the light. Hey, this is me, IC Robots, and I am presently 6.5 miles below the surface in a in a dark, dank corner of the Pooptronics undersea base. I I've been poking around, looking around various places. This is this is a big place with a lot of twists and turns, and there has to be like. Some, uh, some places to get some privacy where I can record and I can do stuff. But before we get too far into anything, anyone, anyone who recognizes where those little movie bits came from on, uh, Iceberg and Kate's tune, hit me up. Hit me up at Icy Robots. The first, uh, first one gets a big bow wow. And then secondly, if you can't see the light, be the light. That's the words that, that ended the most recent run of Daredevil, Marvel Comics Daredevil. I've been... I've been reading Daredevil for years, and there is a tradition between the writers that when you move on to another series, you leave you leave the Daredevil in some kind of very precarious position. For example, when when Brian Michael Bendis handed the title over to Ed Brubaker, he he ended his run with having the Daredevil been exposed and sent to jail. That's that's a prime example. And in this one, 
the present writer handed it off to uh, Chip Zdarsky, who I, I mostly know for writing Jughead for Archie. He had a really good, really good run on Jughead, but he ended up his run by having the, having the daredevil die on the operating table. This is, this is not a spoiler. It happened months ago. If you, if you read the, the comics, you know that the, is the death of Daredevil. So you could kind of see where that one was going, but at any rate... He smoked good old Matt Murdock on the operating table, and then at the end he wrote a he wrote a nice essay about his time that he spent on the on the title, and he ended it off by saying, "If you can't see the light, be the light." And I'm sure he didn't coin this phrase. It's too nice of a phrase to never have been said before, but it hit me. It hit me right in the gut, and it got me thinking, which is what which is what I imagine he wanted to do in the first place. But it got me thinking that. It seems now, when you look out at the world, when you watch the news, you read the paper, you do whatever, you do whatever we do, that we live in a, we live in a fairly dark time. There's a lot of, a lot of discourse, a lot of discord, rather, a lot of problems, a lot of, a lot of things like that. And if you look around and you don't see any goodness in the world, if you feel like you look around and you don't see enough good things going on, it then falls upon you to be the one to do the good. You can't look at others and say, hey man, you guys all should be doing stuff. If you can't see the light, be the light. If there is no light, you must therefore become the light to the to the best of your abilities. And I, I've been doing my best to do so. I, I'm not trying to put myself over or anything. I'm just trying to lead by example. I, I've been doing so, you know, I've just been doing little things here and there to try to try to be a helpful, good human being. I bought a, I bought a bum a hamburger the other day, but at any rate, this is just something that it hit me and it affected me, and it was something that I thought was a a good good food for thought that I wanted to share with you guys when I'm when I'm poking around the dankest corner of the of the undersea base. Here's another here's another thing that is a a food for thought. This this food for thought comes from the the old wife. the The kid plays in the jazz band at her school. And they were having a concert. They were having their winter concert. And for whatever reason, the kid never tells us about her concerts until until it's like the day before. I realized that we could also look into it. We also know there's going to be a winter concert and a spring concert. We could look into where they are. But we rely on her to give us a heads up when it's going to come. And she's a kid. She always just tells us the the last possible moment. And sometimes we have sometimes we have things in motion that we have to stop and... This time it turned out that there were things in motion that were too big to stop. The wife had this big, this big work to do that she absolutely had to go to. So it was upon me to go to the concert alone, which is fine. I, I do not mind, but I had, I had promised out the Icy Robots mobile to another, to another pal of mine, right? He had to, he had to move a couch and I told him, yeah, yeah, you could use it Wednesday. No problem. So that left me with no ride to the concert. The school... The school is super close to us. It's like, it's like 10 minutes on the bike. So ride the bike is what I decided to do. But I also felt a bit silly. I'd never seen anybody ride a bike to one of these concerts. And it's going to be at 8 o'clock at night as well. It's like pitch black and it's winter and it's cold. And I'd never, I'd never even seen anybody do this. So I felt, I felt a little silly. I felt a little embarrassed. I thought that dudes were going to think that I was a mark for being out there at night, maybe, maybe they would think, like, this dude must not even have a car, this guy must be, he must be the lowest of the low, I, I don't know what I thought, but I, I voiced these concerns to the wife, and she, 
She looked at me and she's like, you're so goofy. No one's going to think that. All they're going to think is that you must live really nearby. That you must live so nearby that you can zip there on a bike. And they're going to feel jealous that you are so close and you're going to be home before they're even out of the parking lot. And she's like, that's if, that's if they even think about you at all. She's like, why do you think they'll be looking at you and thinking about you? They're going to be thinking about their own things, much like, much like you are. They're probably going to be thinking, wow, I, uh, I wonder if I look bad in this sweater or whatever their hang up is. Everybody, everybody mostly thinks about themselves. They usually don't think about you. That's, that's something to uh, remember, but also... The power of just having a positive spin on things is gigantic. We both we both were faced with the exact same thing, riding the bike to the concert. And I looked at it like, everyone's going to think you're a goof. And she looked at it like, everyone's going to think, he must just live down the street. How lucky. Good for that guy. But it's so, it's so easy to go down the darker road. It's so easy to think the worst thing. It takes a bit of effort to put the positive spin, but the... The effort is definitely, definitely worthwhile. It changes, it changes everything. It took what I considered to be kind of a goofy, maybe embarrassing situation, and it turned into a fun situation for me. When I rode there, I was thinking, look at me zipping past all these fools in the car. It's, it's hard to find parking at these things. And this was a combined middle school, high school concert. This was like an all-star concert. So it was super hard to get into the parking lot in the first place. And there were not enough seats to go around. There were not enough parking spots to go around. And I just, I just drifted past everything, locked up my bike, went inside as soon as it was over, did the opposite, headed home. It was so great. At any rate, that's, that's something for you guys to think about. Let's, uh, let's move into at the movies. In a moment, at the movies without Ebert, Cisco, or even that Joe Roper, but you've got icy robots, so that's something. Hold on, guys. Hold on. Hold the, uh, hold the VHS. Let's, uh, let's press a stop on this. I, I, I was unable to go to the cinema this week. This is something that, like, it never, not ever happens, but it's been... It's been wild this past week, not in a bad way, in a fine way, just a lot of different things going on, and we weren't, we weren't able to get over and go to the, uh, picture show, but I do, I do have a plan in place in case this, in case this ever happened. Here is what we are gonna do. I, I think I mentioned this on the big movie list episode, but over the years, I have collected a a slew of movie tickets for my slew of movie visits. I I keep them in this in this container here. It's a it's an, a Tootsie Roll uh, bin. I I don't know where I got this from. Probably probably from my time at the video store. Here's a pen. There's a an ink pen down in there. But I. I have this bin of these here, and I figured in the event that I was ever unable to go to the movie theater and see a new movie, I always figured this would happen some January, because January, they just, they don't have a lot of awesome movie openings. When you get toward the end of December, like Christmas and such, they open almost like two months worth of movies during a one-week period, so... During January, there just there's not a lot of not a lot of hot openings, so I didn't feel overly motivated to go down there, especially especially consider the uh, the wildness of the of the recent times. But I've had a contingency plan in place for this very situation, and that plan 
that plan is this. What I'm going to do is I'm going to stick my hand down into this bin. I'm going to pull out a ticket. And then I will talk about whatever movie is on that ticket. I reserve the right to not talk about it and throw it back in if I think it'll be whack or if I don't have a lot to say about it. I, I don't know. I want something interesting to come out of here. Let's... Let's reach down and see what we can get. I want to make sure I get one. At one point, they were ripping them in half, and half the titles will get ripped off. So I want to make sure I get one that's full. So I know we have a title. Here it is. This is a movie called Juno. Fox Searchlight Pictures presents a comedy about life. Well, I thought you were the kind of girl who knew when to say when. I don't really know what kind of girl I am. And the bumps along the way. Your little girlfriend gave me the stink eye in our class yesterday. Katrina's not my girlfriend, all right? And I doubt that she gave you the stink eye. That's just the way her face looks, you know? That's just her face. I don't know if I'm even ready to be a father. Yeah, big puffy version of June Bug. I mean, I'm already pregnant, so what other kind of shenanigans can I get into? Juno is the story of a young high school gal who gets pregnant and then has to decide what to, what to do with the young seed sprouting inside her tum-tum. It's, it's a sweet movie. It's a thought-provoking movie. It's a very well put together film. It was written by, it was written by Diablo Cody, who just, um, just a couple years before this came out had written a, like a dancer that, that had caused quite a buzz. So when she... When she dropped a film, people were, they were itching to see it. I, I loved this movie. I love this movie even still. It stars Ellen Page, one of my favorite, one of my favorite actors of all the actors, Ellen Page. I, I think this movie has a good sentiment. I think that it has a good spirit. It has a good heart. I, I love it. I would not be surprised to see Juno someday go into the, into the vaunted Five Mike Movie Hall of Fame. What? What really touches me about this movie is the way that J.K. Simmons and Allison Janney, her mom and dad in the movie, they all come together. They come together as a family to help Juno, to help her with her decision, to to help guide her through this through this really difficult decision that's before her. I found that I found that I felt like this movie had its heart in the right place. It had everything in its right place. It was it was just really a sweet film. I I think a lot of times it's important that a film show us the right way to deal with the situation before before we face that situation. I guess what I'm saying is I like it when a movie has a has a strong moral compass and I really I really feel like Juno does and that's that's one of the things that really attracts me to it as well as as well as like the legitimate laughs and the the neat soundtrack. This is this is just like a a real real heartfelt, heartwarming movie to me. The The movie has this real, like, rapid-fire delivery of the dialogue, and that's something that Ellen Page excels in. I I would love to see her as some kind of, like, fast-talking, tough-talking gal detective in something. I really, I really think she has that in her. I, I recall hearing a few years ago that Ivan Reitman did this studio read, a table read, rather, of The Empire Strikes Back with... With like, you know, actor friends that he had of his. And he, he cast Ellen Page in the role of Han Solo. And ever since then, I've really been obsessed with this notion of seeing her as like Han Solo and something. I'd love it if like on the Disney app that they're going to launch, they have like the Mandalorian and they're going to put all this, all this Star Wars stuff. It would be neat if they did some kind of a, like a version of DC's Elseworlds, but with Star Wars. And if they did do such a thing, one of those I'd like to see is if Han Solo was a gal and that he was played by Ellen Page. I think it would be perfect if they would have 
If they would have said in Solo that instead of Alden Ehrenreich, they had cast Ellen Page in the role, I'd be like, I'd be all for it. I realized that everybody in the world would be aghast, and I would be aghast too, to a degree, that they would mess with something that that is so powerful in our, our psyche as as a Han Solo's gender, but I would still I would still definitely get a kick out of out of seeing that. Don't go out there and say that they should cast. Go ahead. Go ahead and say it if you want to. Say that uh, I see robots says that they should cast Ellen Pages as Han Solo because I guess I guess I did say it. I I should probably mention this down in the Earth Base office. I have the Juno movie poster hanging on the wall behind my desk. We we got a pal that works in the office of the local theater chain, and every once in a while we're able to like hook up a poster. And when Juno came out, I was I was so into it that the wife was nice enough to ask him to get me one, and I have it. I have it in the office at the, at the time the movie came out, I was writing movie reviews for this, for this one site, and I, I did an article of my top 10 movies of the years. I've been, I've been writing about movies for a while now on the internet. I don't even, I don't even know why, man. I'm just a movie buff, but I, I did a list of my top 10 movies, and that year, Juno was number one. I don't remember how the rest of the list went. Let me... Let me look You've up got here. Mail. films of 2007. Let's see what Let's see what else came out. Maybe maybe if I look at some of these it'll uh it'll jog my memory. Harry Potter, I didn't see that. No. Oh, I'm sure No Country for Old Men. I I love that. I feel like that was definitely on the list. There will be blood. I'm sure that was on the list. Juno, of course. The Simpsons movie came out. That Gone Baby Gone. That is a favorite of mine. Oh, Grindhouse. The uh, Quentin Tarantino slash Robert Rodriguez movie. I I remember seeing that in the opening weekend when they had the when they had the double feature with the cool trailers. I'm sure that was on the list. That was that was not like an amazing year, but it was also not like a bad year for for Juno to come out in the front. Let's get to a little bit of the facts. Juno was directed by Jason Reitman. It was written by Diablo Cody. It stars Ellen Page, Michael Sarah, Jason Baseman, Bateman rather, Jennifer Garner, J.K. Simmons, Allison Jenny, it, Olivia Thirlby. You can't, you can't sleep on her. She is a, she's a talent. I, I thought after seeing this that Olivia Thirlby was going to make it and become maybe not like a giant star, but at least like a like a working Ellen Page level actress. Maybe she was recently in Chappaquiddick, which I which I didn't see, but I was happy to see her pop up in the trailer. At any rate, the movie is presently at ninety four on Tomatoes. That's that's pretty pretty solid. That means that. That means that, like, 9.4 out of every 10 people who go see it like it, it's, uh, it's playing on Stars right now. If you haven't seen it, you can catch it on Stars. It's 96 minutes, which is great. It's just over an hour and a half. It plays, it plays so tight. It's PG-13 for a language, sexual content, yada, yada, yat, yat, yat. I... I like this movie a lot. I cannot recommend it highly enough if you have not seen it. I... I think that I mentioned that we actually have a copy of it right now in our little free library out in front of the, uh, out in front of the Earth Base. I own this on Blu-ray. I watch it on, watch it on Stars just about every time I see it. I at least watch a little bit. It's a, it's a sweet film. So, 
there you go, man. Let's uh, let's move ahead and start talking about Star Wars's action figures is cases. You know, two thousand seven. Because of the two 30-minute special programs which follow, the Waltons will not be presented tonight. This week you're due. I see Robots is going to spend a few minutes talking about Star Wars figure-carrying cases. That's super weird. Well, I don't think it's weird at all. You got to have somewhere to put your Star Wars's dudes. But at any at any rate, this week on the on the main event part of the show, we're going to spend a few minutes talking about Star Wars action figure collector cases. I I really like action figure cases. I dig how they have like big graphics on the front. I think it's fun. I think it's fun to put your figures inside of them. I I have a fair amount in my collection. Maybe like maybe like five or six. It seems like a lot to me, but I, recently I was reading a toy magazine. What was it? Where did I, where did I put that magazine? Anyway, I was, I was reading this toy magazine and they had like a photo gallery of Star Wars action figure cases. And there were like, there were like a few varietals that I was not familiar with. So I thought I'd, I thought I'd spend a few minutes going over some of those. It's, it's probably time for some toy talk after all the, all the movie talk of the past few weeks. From Kenner, it's the Star Wars mini action figure collector's case. Action figures sold separately. The collector's case holds 24 Star Wars action figures, like Stormtrooper, R5-D4, and Snaggletooth. It comes with two plastic trays to keep them in. Or you can turn the trays over and display all your figures in action poses. You can pack up Star Wars action figures and take them with you. The Star Wars mini action figure collector's case. Action figures each sold separately from Kenner. When Kenner first scaled down the action figure to the three and three quarter inch, this this introduced the option of having a carrying case. Sure, the adventure people came along first, but as far as I know, they did not have a carrying case. If they did, hit me up with that info because I definitely want to know all about that. But when when Kenner scaled down the figures, that opened up the option of uh, being able to carry a case in which you could hold all of your figures in one place. The first case that they released was a simple black vinyl case with two gray trays inside that hold 24, 24 different figures. It did, it did have a very neat graphic of Star Wars on the front. Hold tight. I am moving away from the microphone. I... I own this case. It's the Star Wars Mini Action Figure Collector case. I I got this one at the flea market from my dude Alan. He's he's a real nice guy. The handle's missing along the top, and the graphic the graphic's a little warped. It looks as if it's been a bit as if it's been wet. But um, it has the trays inside. You can hear me open it up, and each one has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve. 12 spaces two of the spaces are small so you can so you can fit your r2d2 or your um or your jawa or somebody like that and then a couple of them are a bit taller so you can fit four for example your chewbacca the the art on the front is just great it has han and chewie up in one corner there's like a space battle on the other side you can see 
a real neat picture of Luke and Leia swinging. It's it's completely terrific. If you are interested in checking that out, hop on over to icrobots.com. I use it for the thumbnail for this episode. So there is a neat picture of it. The, the case also came with a bunch of decals, a bunch of stickers, one each uh, for, for all of the 24 figures in the in the initial releases, and there's, like, a couple extra that say, like, Stormtrooper or, or, like, Tusken Raiders, the, the various dudes that you might, um, you might army build with. There is at least one known variation on this case. It's not in the case itself. There were, there was a whole series of them that came out with a cardboard insert for a Boba Fett action figure, and the, and the action figure in the picture was kind of a, kind of like a kit-bashed version, and they, they later, they later replaced it with the proper mail-away Boba Fett. This is called the, the Boba Fett insert variant. This one fetches a bit more on the secondary market. If you're, if you're into that kind of thing. There's also another variant. When, when the movie was transitioning from Star Wars into Empire Strikes Back, they re-released the, the initial 1977 Star Wars case, but with a, with a um, little logo that said Empire Strikes Back over where it had previously said Star Wars. The insert was also different. It wasn't uh, for Boba Fett. It was for some of the new Empire Strikes Back figures that were, were coming out. Now, we move into the next movie, which is, of course, Empire Strikes Back. And they got... They got their own case. In addition to the aforementioned transitional case, there were two separate cases for Empire Strikes Back. The first one, and this one's a bit harder to find than the second one, has the it has the Star Wars Empire Strikes Back logo in the center, and the the graphic on the front is kind of it's kind of split into quarters with Yoda on one side, the Wampa next to him, and then there's like a couple battle scenes also in there. And this. This also came with two 12-figure-each trays, but the the trays for this were tan instead of gray. The second case for Empire Strikes Back, and this one is a lot harder to find than the other one. It has the the Empire Strikes Back logo in the upper left-hand corner, much like much like the stars on the flag of the uh, good old United States. And the graphic, the graphic for this is completely different. It has Yoda and Obi-Wan on Dagobah in the right, and then there's the Wampa on the left. There's also a group of stormtroopers, Han Solo holding Princess Leia's hand and firing his blaster. There's a picture of Luke dueling a... Dueling evil old Darth, and this also, this also has a different colored tray. The tray for this, instead of being gray or tan, is a very eerie, it's an eerie red. There is also a pretty steep price difference on eBay, the world's biggest, the world's biggest marketplace. If you want the one with the logo in the upper left corner, it's going to cost you 300 bucks. If you wanted one in nice shape, whereas the one with the logo in the center, you can get that for like a hundred, hundred and a quarter. And I'm talking like, you know, sealed versions. These aren't like loose versions. If you can find loosey-goosey versions of these over at the, over at the flea mart, you can get them for a substantially, substantially less. Let's move into the, the next film in all of this. It is a movie known as Return of the Jedi. You're looking at the busiest aisle at the Toys R Us store in Paramus. 
Children are shopping eagerly for toys based on a movie they have not seen. Return of the Jedi sheets sell for $15.97. The Millennium Falcon spaceship sells for $34.97. The Jedi characters, the figures, sell for $2.68. Some of the toys are action toys. If your child gets one, you may have to take it away with force. Don't move. I beg your pardon? Don't move. Don't move. You're going to hit me with the... Uh... I cut your hand off. Children are buying the toys, of course, but so are older investors. They're buying Star Wars toys. Right. In a couple of years, they'll be worth a lot of dough. Like a lot of other things. You're buying them strictly as an investment. Yes, definitely. The movie opened today. The toys have been on sale all week. Josh Howell, Channel 7 Eyewitness News, Paramus. I'm sorry that I let that play for so long, but man, I thought that was, um, it was so fascinating. Once I started, I, I couldn't find a good part to cut it off. That guy was so, he was so hostile against Star Wars and Star Wars toys in general. When, when we enter the era of Return of the Jedi, that's when, that's when things really start to heat up for action figure cases. The the Star Wars Return of the Jedi vinyl action figure case is considered it's considered to be the rarest of all of the Star Wars cases. It it has a it has a Return of the Jedi logo in the center and scenes from the movie surrounding it. In the left corner, you have Jabba the Hutt's palace as a picture of that grody dude then right next to that is a scene of the battle between between Darth Vader and Luke and then there's like a scene of the skiff the skiff fight on the bottom as well as a couple images of indoor this case comes with red red tray inserts this one is so uncommon that lifelong lifelong Star Wars collectors have no recollection of this ever even appearing in the stores if you wanted one like like, completely sealed away in awesome shape with all the decals and stuff. It could run up to, like, 450 bucks, man. That's, that's a lot of cheese for a uh, vinyl action figure case. And, finally, we are up to the one that people would consider, I believe, to be the seminal case in all of Star Wars-dom. This is, this is, of course, the big Darth Vader head. I think that... For the most part, just about everybody had the Darth Vader head. I I don't know why that is, but that was the one everybody that I knew had. I guess it's a very striking piece, even as a kid, seeing what appears to be like an almost life-size Darth Vader head in the toy store. It really, it really draws you in, especially like the way that they had it packaged was it was... It was open and exposed. It wasn't inside of a bigger box. It was on the shelf with like a cardboard sleeve around the around the base, around the around Darth's shoulders. And on that you could see what it looked like what it looked like when it was open. I also recall that this wasn't like it wasn't like a fantastic case. The the figures didn't stay in and if you if you tried to fill it up on both sides, it had it had space for 31 figures, and if you if you were lucky enough to have 31 figures, I don't know if at any point I ever if I ever had 31 Star Wars as a kid. I I would also put my Adventure People and things like that in there. Anything anything that was like on that scale, I would fit in there because I 
I wasn't like the kind of dude who discriminated too much between action figure lines. All my, all my dudes would play together. I think, I think I told the story of how I got the Darth Vader head when I was a kid on the episode where I did, where I did the top five Star Wars figures of all the times, but I'll, I'll relate it here in a, in a much briefer sense for those who, those who haven't heard that episode. It's a good one. You should go back. You should go back and check it out. If you want to go to icrobots.com, kind of go over on the right side. There's a button that says top five. Just hit that. It gives you all the top five episodes. And you can, you can just scroll down. You'll, you'll find it on the first page. It's, it's a lot of fun. But, um, I, I came home from school one day and I was surprised to see my mom had purchased me a, a Darth Vader head and had bought like a ton of figures. I don't, I don't know how many, but it was a lot. It was well well above the amount of figures that I had in total at the time and she'd she'd purchased them for me all at once. I've I've thought about this before. I wonder what what was the deal behind the amount of figures? Was it that there was a sale at the store? I I don't know, but she got me the case. She got me a bunch of figures and she she wanted to work out some kind of a deal where I would start doing chores in return for for future figures, she also she also wanted it known that to a degree I was I was in debt for these figures that that she was giving me here. But you know I was happy to accept that debt. I I would have said anything. This was up until up until that time the greatest toy purchase of of like my entire life. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. So I, I said I would do anything. But I don't I don't know how much chores you're hoping to get out of a out of a kid that age, that was, what year was that? It was 1983. You were 10. Oh, hey, Emily. Thanks. I appreciate that. I, I knew it was somewhere around there. Sure. No problem. That, of course, was Engineer Emily. She's she's in the booth on every episode. The booth is, of course, like outside. It's right outside the chum room. I'm in a smaller chum room, and she's... She's right on the, uh, right on the outside, but, um, I don't know how much chores you're expecting to get out of a 10-year-old, but I do remember they were, they were quite dissatisfied with what they got. I, I don't know, man, you, you can't expect a lot out of somebody who's only 10. I do not presently have a Darth Vader case. I've had them, I've had them in the past, I've sold a few at the flea market, but I don't, I don't have one in the... In the Earth base. I wonder what happened to mine. Do you ever think about some of these things that you had and where where they were and what happened to them? I I know I had one in Illinois. I knew I brought it with me to California and I had it well well into junior high and high school, but I don't I don't have it now. I wonder what day I finally said, you know what? I'm getting rid of this and I just I just tossed it out. It's weird that I can't remember. Maybe I've Maybe I've blanked it out. There are a few variants as far as the packaging. The the uh, early ones have an Empire Strikes Back logo on them, as well as like an open shot of the case. Then there is a there's a later one that it has the Empire logo, but it also has a like a small yellow circle that it says, um, and it says that it includes Yoda, Darth Vader, and Luke. Some kid was lucky enough to get one of these with three figures already in it. You got the, uh, the standard Darth, the cool Yoda, and you get, uh, you get Bespin. You get Bespin Luke, it looks like. 
Before we get too far into this, and we already may be too far into the Darth Vader case for this, I I was able to find two separate commercials. They they pushed this guy a lot. Let's let's check one of these out, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the final two variants. And then then hey, why don't we just play the other commercial as well? It'll be a hoot. It's Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back action figures, each sold separately. Here's Imperial TIE Fighter Pilots, ADAC Commanders, and Zuckus, all new. And this is the Darth Vader Collector's Case. It holds up to 31. There's room for new C-3PO, Cloud Car Pilot, and R2-D2 with sensor scopes. You can collect them, display them, and carry them with you. Darth Vader Collector's Case. Action figures each sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back Collection. I dig that commercial. That kid is so business. He is just by the book explaining to you what you get. He says, you get this. This also exists. And if you get the carrying case, it can hold this. He he has a future as a lawyer or a politician or I don't know, man. He's he's great. There were two more two more variants on the uh on the case. These are all patching packaging variants rather. There's there's no real difference within within the case itself. The next one is the the third and final Empire Strikes Back one. And on this guy, instead of getting uh the Bespin Luke set, you get you get three wicked bounty hunters. You get IG eighty eight, Bosk, and also Boba Fett. That is that is absolutely fantastic. I wonder if one of these was the way that my mom got so many figures together for me. If you start off with three, then you get like five, six, or seven more. That's that's a lot of figures to get at once. In my head, when she gave me that case, I remember it being maybe like 15 figures. I seem to think one side was completely full, but that that may not be the case. I only had a few figures at the time, so if you if you got me like five, it would have seemed like the the entire set, but that day, when I came home, and the case was there, and she showed me all the stuff inside, I, I was tickled pink, that's one of the best days of my life, at, at any rate, the final Darth Vader head case was from, this one came from Return of the Jedi, and the only variant on it is that the, the logos for the movies are changed, and, that's about it. Let's take a listen to this other commercial, and then we'll come back and talk about, uh... We'll talk about an, uh, another case. Bet you know what this is. It's the Darth Vader collector's case from the Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back collection. Inside, it's got room for your favorite Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back action figures. They fit? Yeah! There's new Dengar, Ada Driver, Rebel Commander, Leia, and 2-1-B. You can hold up the figures, each sold separately, and you can take them with you. Darth Vader collector's case. Action figures, each sold separately. From Kenner. That commercial's crazy, right? It was a commercial for an action figure case. One of the, one of the neat things about the Darth Vader collector case was that it was, it was like the closest we were gonna get to a statue or a bust of Darth Vader. They, they may have had them, they may have existed, I do not know, but they were, they were so far beyond anything that I could ever even imagine that having this, it was like a sculpture of Darth up on your, up on your shelf, that was, 
That was so great. Let's let's uh, move into the final few cases. Following on the success of the Darth Vader case, they decided, they being Kenner, decided to release something very similar, equally as great, but far, far less common to find. This, this of course, was the the shiny gold C-3PO collector case. I do not recall seeing this on the shelves at all. I would have... I would have flipped for this. It's, it's so dope. It's much, much like the Darth Vader case in that it's, it's an almost life-sized image of our, our one of two favorite droids in the Star Wars universe. This, of course, is C-3PO. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. It holds 40 dudes. It's wrapped, it's wrapped around the shoulders with a uh, cardboard sleeve that shows you what it looks like when it's opened. It's so great. It's even gold on the inside. I don't, I don't know how many times I've even seen these at toy shows. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying they're rare or anything. It's just, I don't know, man. I don't seem to personally bump into them, into them very much. I, I dig it though. I would like to have one right now. I I got to get on that. It says here that you can pick one up on the world's biggest marketplace, eBay with um with the cardboard sleeve for about a buck and a quarter, 125 bucks or so. That's that's a lot, but it's not like it's not like off the charts. There was also another neat somewhat life-size carrying case released after the after the marvelous C-3PO head. And this one, this one was in the shape of a laser rifle. I, I don't recall seeing this one either. It's, it's pretty dope. I would have, I would have for sure been into this. It can only hold 19 figures and there are no, there are no variations on the wrapping. It was only like a one and done release. It's, it's like a cool laser rifle with a scope. My, my folks were not the type to let me play with gun toys, so I don't know if this would have been anything that I would have that I would have ever personally owned. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody owning this either. None of my none of my pals at the time had this, but I I would have dug it. And then for the final official, the officialist of the official carrying cases, you have of course the Chewbacca bandolier strap. I I dig this a lot. You all know. I'm a big fan of Chewbacca. I ride or die for uh, for that Wookiee. And around the time of Return of the Jedi, they, they being Kenner, released a... It is the bandolier that Chewie wears around his shoulders. And it can hold up to 10 figures. It doesn't... It doesn't look very secure. I don't know how how much I would have wanted to be, be putting my valued... My valued uh, Tusken Raiders in there. It seems like they would fall off. More than likely... More than likely, I would have just used this for when I was when I was playing war, and I would have like stuck rocks in there or sticks or something and pretended pretended they were like shotgun shells. If I had that case, I would have been I would have been running slug nutty wild with with this all up and around uh, Oak Lawn. Before we like fully get out of here, there is also the Rebel Troop Transport vehicle that came out around Empire Strikes Back. That is. That is considered within some circles to be an action figure case. It has it has room for I think twenty four figures. So whether it was intended to be or not, it is effective as an action figure case. So there you have it. I I like that. I enjoy cases right now in my case collection. I have the 
I have the one Star Wars is one that I told you. I have a I have a Batman animated. I have two different GI Joe ones, and I have I have a a space case. I I just like them. When I was at the Toy Con this past summer, I was gonna get one. It was this yellow one that was intended for like military figures, and I I saw it. I wanted it, and I was going to get it, but I was going to come back and get it at the end because I didn't want to carry it all day, and I just, I completely forgot, and I walked out, and I, I've regretted it ever since. Let's, let's get ready to move into the final segment of the show. We're going to talk about a whole, uh, a whole bunch of different junk, but before we get there, we, we have a federally mandated PSA. I'm Captain Lou Albano talking about drugs. Kids, don't be afraid to say no. Anyone that asks you to use drugs is not your friend. Drugs can and will kill. Remember, don't be afraid to turn to your priest, your rabbi, your minister, your moms, your dads, your teachers, because drugs can kill. And if you do drugs, you go to hell before you die. Please. Please drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You made it this far. It's time. The final segment. The Icy Robots Radio Pop Culture slash Toy News slash Other Boring Stuff Informational Moment. All right, we are back for the final segment of the show. We are we're running a bit short on time, so let's let's jump right into it. I think we're going to start off with a few we got a few voicemails and stuff like that. Let's uh let's check the box. If you want to call in, it's 707-532-JAMS or 707-532-5267. It's an answering machine. You can you can leave a message or if you want to, you can shoot in a text message, and it um, it prints out like one of those old timey stock tickers. It's, it's great. Let's uh, let's check in and see what we got here in the box. This is this is number one. Hey, Gino Vega here. I am calling in with response to Joe's question on a previous episode about a six man tag team match between myself and Icy Robots and two partners of his choosing. And I'd just like to say, first of all, I just feel like a match between Icy Robots and myself would be incredibly awkward. It would be similar to a match that I just happened to be watching recently, which was Terry Funk versus Dory Funk Jr., two great wrestlers with no real reason to be in the ring against each other, so it's kind of awkward, but I'll play along. And on my part, my six-man team would be myself, one Tank Abbott, and one Scott Ferrozo. I feel like that would be a perfect uh, foil for Dan to be Severin. And the shooter aspect of our trio would neutralize the big dog Roman Reigns in his fake sports entertainment pro wrestling. I think we'd have a pretty good shot. Um, I don't know if I'd be able to withstand the chair shot to the head. That might be the Achilles heel of the whole thing. Uh, I think Tank could withstand a chair shot. Scott Ferrozo certainly could. But that's my sixth man. That's what I've got to offer. So, hey, let me know what you think. Gino Vega, out. Gino Vega, I definitely appreciate you uh, reaching out. Your reasoning is sound in all of this. I think that one thing that would be very obvious from the from the participants in the match, the match itself would be awful. We're not looking at any uh, 
Wrestling Observer 5 Star Classics here. This one, this one would be Bowling Shoe Ugly to, uh, to quote the great, the great J.R. I, I don't know, man. The, the thing that I think I agree with the most is the problem would be, I can't imagine, I can't imagine a beef between the two of us would be enough to lead us to beating each other to death in the ring. I, I don't know. It's like when you see, when you see two brothers fight, like in the match that, that Gino was talking about, it seems like it might be a cool idea, but then when you see it, they don't, they don't have the kind of heat to like go and beat the tar out of each other. It's, it's just not there. I, I don't know. The match would lack intensity. The match would lack athleticism. It would, it would be a grotesque spectacle in, in all regards. Let's, uh, Let's see what else we got here. There is another voicemail. Let's, let's, uh, let's play that one. Hold on one second. Hey, what's up, IC Robots? It's Rob Springer. You know, I'm just listening to this week's episode of the Toys R Us Report, and I got a question for you. I'm sitting here eating a Baby Bell cheese. You know I love them. They're delicious. Not too terribly bad for you, I don't think. And I, you know they're wrapped in that red wax, and you open it up, and you got like a little, little red wax pocket left after you've eaten one. I know you're like me. You don't like to waste things. What would be a good use for those? Like, like I, I'm, I guess I could put ketchup in them for dipping French fries in. But may, maybe you could come up with something for me. Oh yeah, by the way, 1989 Batman, totally best superhero movie ever made. Holla! Alrighty. Uh, first things first. This is our dude, uh, our dude Rob from ZoneBase.org, our Transformer expert in. In residence, I I like those cheeses too. I don't do anything useful with the wax though. I I roll them up into a tight ball, and I always I end up like putting it in my pocket, and then I then I find them later. I sometimes find them in the in the dryer. I've considered keeping them and maybe like trying to roll like one giant ball out of them. I think maybe to do that, you'd have to like flatten the pieces out. And then wrap it around the core, sort of like, sort of like a rubber band ball, where the the goal is to see how how big you can get it. I've I've considered that, but uh, nah, I don't have any like super useful ideas for them. I I guess you could like take a couple matches and wrap them in the wax, and then you could keep that in your pocket in case like you ever had a survival situation. You'd have to use the the strike anywhere kind because you won't have a striker, but you could, you could use the wax around the, around the match to protect him from, you know, the elements and stuff. So maybe, maybe someday if the situation were that you were stuck like way out in the woods, you could, you could strike a match and light a fire and you wouldn't die. I don't, I don't know. You could also use them to, uh, if you're the type that likes to, likes to chew on a toothpick, I myself am not, but some people, some people are, you could, you could take the uh, the small wax and stick them on the ends of the toothpick, so you could carry the the pick in your pocket without a uh, fear of being prided. Let's move. Let's move on to the the second thing that you said there. This this eighty nine Batman deal will not will not die, guys. I appreciate that you like eighty nine Batman. I do. It's fun. I like it too. But there. There is just no way that it's the best superhero movie of all times. It's just, it's just not. I don't even, I don't even feel like I have to bring out a lot of, a lot of info to debate that. It's, it's a fine movie. It's a fun movie. If you said that it was your favorite superhero movie, I, 
I would definitely go with that. I could, I could feel you there, but recently I embarked on a quest. I, I'm a collector of Wizard Magazine, the, the comic book magazine that we all know and love from the, from the days of yore. I have millions of issues of it lying around, but I, I decided I was going to try to put these guys, put these guys in order, right? I was going to properly pay the respect that this, that this fine publication deserves, and in, in the process of putting these out there, I stumbled across the August 2003 issue. It has, it has some characters on the cover that I am not familiar with. Well, there's, there's Doctor Doom, but right on the cover, right on the front is 89 Batman. You guys would like that, but the feature, the feature that features our dude 89 Batman is a list of Wizard Magazine's top comic book movies of all time. I, I'm just gonna scroll through this a bit, just to give you, just to give you an example of some of their listings to, to hopefully help you put this in perspective. At number 37 is Superman 3, at number 22 is Daredevil, the, the Ben Affleck Daredevil. This is this is pre-Iron Man. This is pre-Marvel Studios. So, you 89 Batman fans don't even have to worry about competing with any of the great Marvel movies like Iron Man Winter Soldier or anything, anything like that. You got 24 is Swamp Thing. This is the, this is the one with Adrian Barbeau. Okay, so moving, moving near the, moving near the top 10. At number 13, you have Batman Mask of the Phantasm. That's a movie... That's a movie I feel, as a film, is superior to 89 Batman, but they have it listed at number 13. So it is, it is, in their opinion, worse than Batman 89. I, I guess, at number 10 is Blade. Blade, Blade's a dope movie, but then moving a bit deeper into the top 10 at number 9 is 89 Batman. I, I don't know, there are no bigger authorities on this than the folks at Wizard Magazine, and they have it... They have it number nine. Now, this is not a list of only superhero movies. This is a list of also comic book movies. So let's let's drop some of the non-superhero comic book movies out of the list that are that are ahead of Batman. For example, they have Ghost World at number seven. We'll knock that out. We'll knock out the Rocketeer. But then at number six, you have X-Men, the one that came out in uh, 2000 with Patrick Stewart. And then number four, Superman. Number three, Superman 2, number 2, Spider-Man, and then at number 1, X-Men 2, X-United. In the opinion of Wizard Magazine, they feel X-Men 2, that's a marvelous film. It's a marvelous movie. I don't think that it was the best of all time. Well, maybe up until that point it was. It may have been the best. I, I'm a fan of Blade 2 over X-Men 2, but I don't know if Blade 2 would even come out at this point. I, I don't want to skim through this whole thing, but... No less an authority on the subject than than Wizard Magazine lists 89 Batman as only only the ninth best comic book film of all time. If you uh, if you hop on over Tomatoes, they have it as like the eighth. This is like Tomatoes is just based on what people think, and they have it as the the eighth best with even like Batman Returns in front of me. Got Batman Begins, Dark Knight Rises, da 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 da. I don't know. It's a fun movie. I like it. It's cool. But uh, there is just no way under God's blue heaven that it's the best superhero movie of all the times. I don't know. Black Panther has an Academy Award nomination. Heath Ledger won an Academy Award for playing the Joker in in The Dark Knight Returns. I 
I I don't know. Let's uh let's check out. We got a a pair of messages. These are these are uh text type messages. Let's uh let's check out the first one here. This one is from the other week, but I, I it slipped through the cracks. It's from our dude Joe. It says, "Great show. Love the movie reviews. I have to check out your number one pick of 2018. I hope a lot of you guys did. It's it's an awesome movie. It's just just super fun." And then he follows it up with. Batman 89 was not the best. It's slightly better than Howard the Duck. Infinity War is the best superhero movie of all the time. It it might be, dude. Infinity War is great. Did I did I read this text already? I may have. I I lose track. I got I got so many plates going in uh the same time. If I did, I apologize. If I didn't, I I don't know. It sounds it feels familiar now that I'm I'm doing it. I should I should write that down. Infinity War is so great, though. I watched it again on Netflix the other the other week. I kind of I kind of skimmed it. It's such a giant movie. There are so many things going on, and I cannot I cannot wait for the for the sequel. And then we got we got one more message. Let me let me get over to the uh, the teletype. I got the printout around here somewhere. Let me. Let me find it. I, sh- I should have these things ready, and I I apologize for not not doing so. Let me um let me see. It's it's around here somewhere. I I printed it out. Let me let me see. Oh, I got it here. This one, this is from our dude E Nerd Engineer Nerd on the tweets. Whatever happened to that Shogun Warriors retrospective, or did I make that up? I don't know. I may have said that for a while. I was really into Shogun Warriors. I I should do that. They are a toy line that I dig. I'll I'll get onto the research for that, and I'll I'll figure something out. That's a good topic. There aren't like a million of them in the first series, so it's always. It's always fun when you're not going over like 85,000 toys and you get to like dig into the details. Shogun Warriors are great. I I saw those Super 7 Shogun Warrior reactions. I I think they're really great. I'm just not really like the type that uh orders lots of uh toys online. I like I like the hunt. When they had the reactions in Toys R Us, I was I was buying them all the time. You guys remember that, but once once they moved to kind of like a more of a just online property, I I kind of got out of it. But I know that if I saw some of these things are coming out within the stores, I'd be all over them. I like the I like the Masters of the Universe ones. I like the Shogun Warrior ones. They got they got a fun of a ton of fun licenses. Rather, let's let's see what do I have here on the on the note card. We're running we're running tight on time. I. I picked up a couple of movie posters the other week at the flea market. Uh, many moons ago, I got a I got a Warriors, the Walter Hill Warriors poster at the at the Mojo Sales flea, and I saw a Breakin, the movie Breakin poster that the guy had, and I thought I'll just grab that one next week. But then I never, not ever saw Homie again up until up until last week. He was there again with the. With the big pile of movie posters. And in going through it, I found the breaking poster that I wanted. But I was also lucky enough to find a poster for Outland. The the Sean Connery sci-fi thriller. I I love this poster a lot. It, it has Sean Connery on the front. And across the top it says, On Jupiter's moon, he is the only law. If, if you haven't seen Outland, it's a tale of a security guard who's hired... 
hired to work security on a mining colony on Jupiter, and it turns out there's a lot of a lot of drugs, a lot of sleaze, a lot of things going on, and he he has to stand alone to fight it. It's it's a good movie. It's a lot like it's a lot like High Noon, the the Western classic, but I. I really dig it, so I got the poster, we got, we got a nice frame, and I had it all mounted up, and we got it hanging in the hallway, it, it's, uh, supplanted the, the, um, breaking poster already, I, I feel bad for the breaking poster, desired for so long, but then when finally received, relegated to a tube. I think we are running up on the hour, I, I wanted to talk Migos, I, I keep putting it off, I, I find that my interest in Mego releases has waned. It's it's not that they didn't come out with a lot of dope stuff because they definitely they definitely did, but it's kind of seeming as if outside of the the first few figures that they announced, the Joe Namath, the Marilyn Monroe, the Farrah Fawcett, and the Andre the Giant, and the Muhammad Ali, the five, they they are going to be mostly online properties. That's how it seems to me. I haven't heard of any, any like distribution outside of Target. I, I know that the figures are available in wholesale cases to like comic stores and stuff, but I, I haven't heard any sort of like Walmart or Kohl's or any place that, that may be carrying them. And my interest in things is. It's mostly the hunt. I enjoyed going down to the store and seeing Migos on the shelf and hunting for them. If if it comes down to me just having to order them at comiczone.com or whatever, I I'm not going to have as much interest. Sure, it's a lot it's a lot more convenient and the toys are equally as cool, but I don't want the prize as much as I want to find the prize. I definitely will be getting the ones that are going to be at the Target stores, the Muhammad Ali, the Andre the Giant are definitely slamming. I know that I'll order the the Joe Namath. He's an online exclusive, and I don't I don't like ordering, like I said, but I, I gotta give me a Joe Namath. I feel I feel like if I see any of these in the store, the Nosferatu, the Freddy Krueger, any of these, I'll scoop them up, but if I if I gotta go online and order them, I'm just I'm just less likely to do so. We haven't heard anything as far as when when we're going to get any announcements on anything. It's kind of a Mego Mego holding a pattern. I I think that's about it, guys. We just dropped an all new episode of the patron only show over on supportthereport.com. We just dropped a Marvel handbook the other week. There's so much going on and you can you can get down on any of that for as little as a dollar a month, that is supportthereport.com. All the money goes to goes to keep us afloat, dude. That's the high price of living bandwidth. All this stuff. I I appreciate you guys who are giving us support already, and I would I would love to appreciate more of you. Consider consider supportthereport.com. At least go over there and look. At least go on over there and look and see the amount of shows, the amount of fun stuff you get for for the low price of uh, potentially a dollar a month. If you got more, definitely give more. Next week, we're going to be back with a bit of an abbreviated show. I don't know if I'll have time to do a feature. It's it's crazy up there on the Earth base. Don't worry, it's all in a good way. Just just a busy time of the year. I'll I'll definitely be back with something. I know we're going to go see uh, the Gina Rodriguez movie, Miss Bala. That should be fun. We got, we got some other fun stuff afoot, but um, it may... 
may be a bit of an abbreviated show. So until until we speak again, this is me, your dude, Icy Robot, signing off for the uh, Toy Story Support episode 183. If you don't know, now you know. has been I See Robots Radio production. I See Robots Radio is a listener-supported in day car. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week. Portions of our broadcast day may be presented either in whole or in part by means of videotape or film reproduction. This is KTXL TV 40, signing off the air, ending another schedule of broadcasting. KTXL Sacramento, Stockton, California.